We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Oregon Ducks have a top 10 recruiting class, but they're not about to get complacent. Oregon is trying to make a splash in Florida. We're talking about the Ducks recruiting efforts in the Sunshine State on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast, your premier podcast for all things Oregon football and recruiting. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres, publisher and lead editor of Ducks Digest, covering the Oregon Ducks over on Fan Nation, part of the Sports Illustrated Network. It is Tuesday, October 24th. 2023 and we have another recruiting focused episode of the pod for you guys today but before we get into it do me a favor make sure you hit that like and subscribe button show the channel some love follow me on twitter at mtorres sports and share the ducks dish podcast with your friends family and other duck fans let me know how you're feeling about oregon recruiting in the comments below so big weekend for oregon Um, I'm kind of catching up to things a little bit. Um, It's always hard to find that uh, strike that balance when you kind of move on from the last weekend's recruiting buzz and happenings and then move on to the next weekend's happenings and recruiting buzz. Ducks on the road this week in Salt Lake City, ESPN College Game Day, going to be covering the Ducks for the second time this year. Not a whole lot of recruiting news heading into the weekend because the Ducks are on the road. But... Oregon was at home this past weekend to host the Washington State Cougars. They came away with a 38-24 win, and they did so in front of some big-time recruits. There's two main guys I want to focus on on today's episode of the podcast. One of them I got an interview with, so we got some good stuff in store for you guys. You know, I'm always trying to get the best interviews I can. They're usually not very easy to get, especially if people are across the country. And since we're talking about Florida... This is a big one. This is a big episode and a big focus for the Ducks here in the 2024 recruiting class. So starting off today's episode of the podcast, we are talking about one of the very best recruits still on the board, uncommitted in the 2024 recruiting class, and that is 2024 Tampa, Florida 
Carrollwood Day edge rusher Solomon Williams. Solomon Williams is very close to the top of Oregon's board in the 2024 recruiting class. He did get uh, interviewed by a couple of the heavy hitters in the recruiting industry. And I'm going to talk about kind of some of the quotes, some of the updates that we got uh, from reading those stories. Um, like I said, I always try to get the interviews myself, but sometimes these guys are just hard to get a hold of. And, um, you know, some of the more established writers, they do a tremendous job and they get the interviews themselves. So I'm going to be leaning on uh, what we what we heard from some of these other guys. Uh, so starting off, 247 Sports Director of Recruiting Steve Wiltfong spoke with Solomon Williams after his official visit out to Eugene this past weekend. And the notable update from that one, uh, it's behind a paywall, so I couldn't read the whole thing. But Wiltfong reported that Solomon Williams has Oregon in his top two schools now, which I think is a super significant update given where Oregon's class is at right now and where we are at in the 2024 recruiting calendar for this class, right? We are less than two months away now from the early signing period. And that's when a lot of these top tier guys are going to be either signing if they've already made their decision or making their decision if they're uncommitted. I don't know what Solomon's decision timeline is like, but given the caliber of player he is, I would think that he is probably trying to shoot for that early signing period window to enroll early at his school of choice. So like we said, down to a top two, he hasn't um, you know, announced that necessarily. Going into the weekend, the official visit, we were working from a top five with Solomon Williams. He had Alabama, Clemson, Texas, Texas A&M, and Oregon. But now it sounds like he told Wilt Fong that he is down to two schools and Oregon is one of them. So, well, what's the other school, you might ask? What, what other school are the Ducks going against, Max? I think for my money, I'm pegging Alabama as the other school that Solomon Williams is heavily considering in his recruitment. I think that he's been to Tuscaloosa multiple times before. Obviously, they have distance on their side. Every school other than Oregon that is in the running here has distance on their side, dealing with one of the top prospects out of the Sunshine State. I did hear some chatter that uh, that Williams could end up taking an unofficial visit back out to Tuscaloosa in the near future. And I think that's an update that is worth being in the know on. And then you also have the official visit factor with Oregon. They you know, already used that. So if they want to get him back on campus before the early signing period, it is going to likely have to be in the unofficial visit uh, capacity. Or maybe we also see the staff go out to Florida to visit Solomon in person. I think that is still an option that is probably on the table. We saw the Ducks do that not too long ago right before they landed a commitment from five-star defensive lineman Aiden Breland out of Santa Ana, modern day. So it seems like Oregon has made a move, essentially, with Solomon Williams. I think that is something we can almost definitively say going off of this reporting, and we know that Wilt Fong is one of the best in the business. So that's something that is super significant for the Ducks in this class, a group that already ranks number nine nationally and number one in the Pac-12 now it's kind of weird, though, because we're we're talking about Oregon and the Big Ten, and that's kind of where we have them. So if you're looking at the Big Ten rankings, because by the time these recruits in the 24 cycle get to Oregon, they're going to be in the Big Ten. 
Oregon has the number two class in the Big Ten, trailing only Ohio State. So now that Oregon looks like they've made a move with Solomon Williams, what does it mean for the group that they already have? Well, they already have one edge rusher committed in this class in Yuma Catholic, edge rusher Jackson Jones out there in Arizona. He's been committed for quite a while now and flipped from Washington. And they're also heavily involved with Elijah Rushing, five-star edge rusher out of Tucson, Arizona, South Point Catholic. I might do another episode on this one separately, but uh, one of the notable updates on Rushing is that he picked up two more 247 Sports Crystal Balls to commit to Oregon on Tuesday. Those predictions came from Brandon Huffman, National Recruiting Editor for 247 Sports, as well as Blair Angulo, Mountain Region Recruiting Analyst. I put my pick in for Elijah Rushing to commit to Oregon the day after he decommitted from Arizona. Uh, I would have done it the day of, but I was uh, out of the country. So I was uh, a little bit detached from work, admittedly. So I think that this is obviously a good development for Oregon. Solomon Williams continuing to have the Ducks in uh, his final schools. And it looks like another SEC recruiting battle is taking shape for the Ducks here in the 2024 class. And they just won a major SEC recruiting battle uh, over Georgia, the back-to-back defending national champions. Now it's time for Oregon to do it again. If it is, in fact, Alabama that the Ducks are going against, like I said, I I didn't read the rest of the update because it's behind a paywall. But from what I can hear and what I've gathered, it is going to be Alabama. So they won a recruiting battle against Georgia. Can they do it again? Can they follow up that performance with a recruiting win over Alabama? And now you might ask yourself as well, numbers are getting tight, Max. What, What does this mean? Is this a guy that Oregon could actually take in the long run? And I think the answer is yes even though a lot of Oregon's top remaining targets are along that defensive front, right? You have Solomon Williams, you have Elijah rushing, you have Jericho Johnson out of the Bay area. He's more of an interior guy, but I say yes. um, Because why is that? Dan Lanning knows how important it is to win in the trenches. Dan Lanning knows how important it is to get after the quarterback. And if there's one position that I feel like he's going to make room for, I think it's edge rusher. I think it's defensive line. So while Oregon already signed a bunch of guys at this position and really along the defensive line as a whole in 2023, I think they might go for more or maybe even the same amount here in 2024. That's how important winning the battle at the line of scrimmage is for Dan Lanning. Um, So I think you just figure it out. That's, that's really what I think it comes down to. So we talked earlier, uh, you know, earlier this month about Oregon having flexibility given the recruiting calendar still have some time before um, the early signing period. So um, you, know, you can kind of work the numbers and, and see who's the, the biggest priority for you. But I think that Solomon Williams is absolutely near the top of that list. I think we can say that with, with some confidence for sure. There was one more update uh, about Solomon Williams that I wanted to get into. This one came from on threes director of recruiting, Chad Simmons. He was able to speak with Solomon Williams And he said that Oregon, quote, definitely moved up on his list after the visit to Eugene. This was the full quote from Solomon Williams that we saw on the On3 Recruits Twitter page. They blew my my expectations out of the water and really made it clear where development for the edge position is at. Why is that significant? Well, I just wrote a story over the weekend about some of the best performers from Oregon's win over Washington State, and it was a trio 
of true freshman edge rushers. Mateo Uyangalele recorded his first sack at the college level and was named Pac-12 Freshman of the Week. Blake Purchase recorded his first college sack as well. Uh, and then you also had Tatum Tuioti, who got a couple of pressures on Cam Ward and had a, a pass breakup batting down the ball at the line of scrimmage. So it's just another example of Dan Lanning, Tosh Lapoy, Tony Tuioti, the rest of that defensive staff. They're talking the talk, and then now they're walking the walk. You're seeing young players play early. You're seeing the development play out kind of right in front of you. You're seeing growth from Oregon's defense from week to week. I think that, you know, that, that wasn't a perfect game against Washington State. Don't get me wrong. I think that uh, I de- described the secondary as patchy and my five takeaway story that you can read over on Ducks Digest. But at the same time, I don't think you can you can't slight the secondary that much just because Cameron Ward is like the, you know, slipperiest quarterback in the Pac-12, if that even makes sense to say. You know, the guy just evades pressure, extends plays, so it's going to be hard, essentially, to to ask your guys to cover for that long in the back end. But at the end of the day, Oregon got six sacks. They got after Cam Moore. They outlasted Washington State. Um, Maybe outlasted is not even the right word because I feel like that would suggest a closer game. Should have been a three-score win, but there was a garbage-time touchdown. So all that to say... Oregon's defense had a good day at Solomon's position, edge rusher, and I think that that could go a long way, has gone a long way in just showing the vision that Dan Lanning has for his defense and for the Oregon program at large. So Ducks really look like they did a great job, kind of hit a home run, if you will, with Solomon Williams, the Florida edge rusher, one of the most coveted prospects in the country in the 24 class on his official visit out to Eugene this past weekend. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Moving right along with another one of the top, top players in the 2024 recruiting class. We are talking about 2024 Bradenton, Florida, IMG Academy, five-star offensive tackle, Jordan Seaton. going to throw some film on the screen of Jordan Seaton. Hopefully it's working for you guys that are watching along on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Taurus. I know I've been having a little bit of issues lately when I've been trying to put the film on, but hopefully this is working all right. This is uh, These are actually highlights from Seton's junior season at Washington, D.C., St. John's. And if the running back looks familiar, that's because it's none other than Oregon running back commit Dejon Dink Riggs. So Jordan Seton made a trip across the country from Florida to Eugene over the weekend for a visit to Oregon. One of the most significant updates is really kind of one that I think can get overlooked. I had thought that this was an official visit for Jordan Seaton over the weekend. It was actually an unofficial visit. So he made that trip essentially on his own dime. And now the Ducks have some additional leverage. They have some additional runway to try and get him back on campus for an official visit before the early signing period. I was able to talk to Seton for a brief interview after his uh, after his unofficial visit out to Eugene, and the Ducks made a solid impression. I think that one of the funny things, one of the little kind of uh, tidbits or notes that I that comes to mind here is that I kind of told him when I was interviewing him, I'm like, "Hey, man, you know, Oregon kind of seems like a little bit of a newer school in your recruitment. You know, haven't really heard about him very much." But then he said, "Well." They've always been there. They offered me when I was at St. John's. I just haven't really talked about them that much. So I think this is really important because you see that there it's not a, it's not a new school for Seton. Oregon has been in the picture there. They've kind of just stayed involved quietly in the background, it seems like. And this is an interesting one because Oregon has recruited IMG players plenty in the past, but they haven't really landed those guys. They haven't had a lot of success at one of the premier football programs in the entire country out there in SEC country, but it's not for lack of trying. And Seton was saying, I'll go anywhere to play football. I left family, you know, back in the DC area at St. John's to come to IMG. So I'll go to play my college ball anywhere. So it doesn't sound like distance is a factor for Seton, who is also heavily considering Alabama and Florida, but this was a really important trip for the Ducks because he was able to get eyes on the program and, you know, get to see it up close, get to see how they operated, continue building those relationships. And I'm going to, I'm going to read some of these quotes from Jordan Seton from his recent visit to Oregon. He said, I definitely got to put some eyes on the school and see how they operate, which was good. Being able to just experience the family environment from Dan Lanning and his playing and the coaching environment was definitely good. And then again, 
something that we always hear about Oregon, how genuine it is, the strong connections that the, the players have with each other and with the staff. Seton went on to continue, quote, one other thing that I like about the Oregon Ducks is basically the player relationships with the coaches. It's one of a kind. You can't find that at too many spots nowadays. And I think this is an interesting visit for the Ducks because the offensive line has really been playing pretty well. And I think maybe in the eyes of some people kind of exceeded expectations, at least when you look at those expectations with a new offensive line coach, as Alik Terry comes over from the Minnesota Vikings to take over for Adrian Clem, incredibly young, but really, really bright coach. And you have some shifting personnel wise, you lose a lot of veterans, um, like like Big Sala, Alex Forsyth, Ryan Walk, TJ Bass. So it's a new look group for the most part. And you see some of these young guys that are really playing some quality football. Jackson Powers Johnson on the interior. Josh Connerly at the tackle spot, which is where Seton, I think, would line up. 6'6", 300 pounds. I think he is a bona fide tackle, but he moves incredibly well for his size. That's always what you're hearing about these offensive linemen that Oregon's going after. They want big, athletic guys that can maul you and can move out in space, and that's what it seems like Jordan Seaton can absolutely do. So he spoke highly of relationships with Alik Terry, who he said had been recruiting him since he got the job at Oregon, uh, as well as Dan Lanning. That was another strong relationship uh, that he's had, and just the importance of getting to see these guys in person, put a name to a face, a relationship to a face after previously speaking over the phone. I think that's really important. But when it comes to... When it comes to Oregon and kind of where they left things with Jordan Seaton and kind of what he was thinking about coming out of this visit, he said, quote, what's going through my head is just the opportunity they have. They got a lot of older guys up front, which means there's a lot of new guys ready to come in and play. Just knowing that there's an opportunity to play early there went on to say, but there's an opportunity to play early at a lot of these programs nowadays. Offensive line is in high demand right now. So it's always interesting to kind of look at the the playing time deal. I think especially with offensive linemen, you it's increasingly uncommon to see young offensive linemen play early. It's just it's a position that you really need to adjust to at the college level. I don't think it's like running back where guys can kind of pick up where they left off for the most part. I'm not saying running back's easier. I just think the the development tracks are a little bit different there. Um, and Oregon hasn't really had a lot of young offensive linemen play early unless you're talking about Josh Connerly Jr. And then even more notably, Panay Sewell. But that said, I would think that Jordan Seaton is the kind of guy that could come in and play right away. So I don't think that uh, playing time really factors in too much here, just because he's going to have to compete wherever he goes. Um, but Oregon's got plenty of good talent and plenty of guys that are going to be able to push him uh, if he is coming to Oregon, if he does end up coming to Oregon to play his college football. And there are two things that he said he was really prioritizing in his decision, and that is development and relationships. He said, so if I don't know you, I can't play for you. Simple as that. That's why I think it was so crucial for the Ducks to get him on campus for a visit. And we know how much one visit can change up a recruitment. And I think it's even more important with the guy coming from Florida because he's able to go to these SEC programs like Florida, like Alabama, or even some other programs like Miami, all of those schools are so much closer, which makes it way easier to take trips, which means that it, it often is the case that these guys take more trips out to the SEC programs than to Oregon. 
So I think that they really do kind of need to roll out the red carpet for guys from the Sunshine State, like Jordan Seaton, like Solomon Williams. I think Oregon's offensive line recruiting is pretty solid in the 2024 class. If you're talking about Alik Terry and his first full recruiting cycle back with the Ducks, he served on Mario Cristobal's staff at Oregon. Um, I believe it was as a GA, but now he's back and he's running his own room. They're playing well on the field and they have some good recruits in the fold. You have Jaquan McRoy out of Pinson, Alabama, Clay Chalkville, a mammoth tackle prospect, you know, 6'8", 365. And as I was thinking about this Jordan Seton recruitment, it was really interesting to me to think Shaq McRoy was really elite Terry's headliner. You know, the really top level guy that he had gotten commit to commit in this class. But now it seems like he could even try to one up that. It seems like he's saying, oh, that's a great guy, but I'm not satisfied. I want even more top end talent. And that's why he's going to go after Jordan Seaton, who's uh, who's based out of his home state of Florida, Terry's home state. So I think that's maybe one of the smaller storylines, so smaller tidbits that come in this recruitment. I think Elite Terry has already done a really good job in his first cycle recruiting offensive linemen. I, I kind of thought that they were maybe going to, I wouldn't be surprised if the offensive line hall stayed where it is. Um, Shaq McRoy, Fox Crater, Devin Brooks, Trent Ferguson. Those are the names that are committed to Oregon to play some O-line. But now it looks like it might get even sweeter. They they solidify themselves as a true contender for Jordan Seaton. Am I predicting him to Oregon? No, not right now. But I think that this trip definitely solidified them to kind of have, you know, maybe even a hat on the table at the very least uh, when it comes down to decision-making. He doesn't have a top group right now. I don't know if he's going to cut things down before the decision ultimately comes, but I think getting them on campus, that's huge. You know, he got to meet Phil Knight. That means things to recruits. That carries weight. Oregon's offensive line is playing well, and I think that they are going to be able to show that they have become, and perhaps more importantly, they want to stay a destination for elite offensive linemen, regardless of where they're coming from anywhere in the country. That's something that we know Oregon wants to do. I talked about the importance of winning the line of scrimmage on the defensive side of the ball with guys like Solomon Williams, Elijah rushing. Well, elite Terry's on the staff to make sure that that's still the case uh, along the offensive line. I think the ducks were a little shaky, have been a little bit shaky uh, as an offensive line at times in their past couple of games. But once they kind of went into their bread and butter, they leaned into the run game against Washington state. I think everything started flowing and that opened up the rest of the offense. So while it's not good to see the pre-snap penalties and, you know, some bumps in the road with a, you know, a top recruit in attendance, I do think there is value in just being able to say, Hey, let's slow down. Let's get this thing figured out. Let's make some adjustments. Uh, You got Poncho Laulu kind of rotating in all over the place. He's been great. So you can see that young guys are playing early, right? Um, so I think that that also carries some value here in, in the recruitment of, of Jordan Seaton. So he didn't say he had any other trips coming up. It was a little bit of a quick interview, kind of hard to hear him, but I did the best that I could. So that's kind of the biggest thing that we know coming out here is that um, coming out of this visit is that the Ducks are going to have a shot. And I think getting him on campus is definitely a good sign. It shows that there's some serious mutual interest between both the Ducks and the recruit, in this case, Jordan Seaton. So I think that it's just more strong recruiting news for the Ducks 
continuing to be in contention for these guys. Because so many times, like I've talked about, especially with the Aiden Breland recruitment, the Ducks have been in the thick of it. They've been competing for guys until the very end. They're a top school. They're a finalist, only to eventually end up losing out to a top-tier SEC program. But maybe this is one of those moments, again, with Jordan Seaton where they can beat out an SEC program like an Alabama or a Florida. We just talked about how Alabama is going after Solomon Williams too. So more SEC overlap there with some top recruits. But I think that Oregon's doing an awesome job in this recruiting class. Like I said, after Breland committed, I think a top five class is definitely back within reach. Certainly would be the case if Jordan Seaton were to end up a duck, but I think there is definitely uh, still some work to be done there. Still a kind of a long way to go in that recruitment, even though, uh, he's going to be an early signing period guy. So that's all I have for you guys on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Really appreciate you coming along, tuning in wherever you're tuned in and taking some time out of your day to talk some ball, talk some recruiting with me. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the like button and hit the notification bell because I come at you five days a week. I know I missed yesterday, but I will make up for it. Don't worry. And um, make sure you follow in and lock in with me on all social media platforms at mtourist sports on both Twitter and Instagram. You can read my stuff over on ducksdigest.com. And uh, until next time you've been listening to another episode of the ducks dish podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.